Okay, I think we did. Oh my god. Holy shit, bro. I do not understand. I don't get it. I already have to pee again. But I'm going to hold it for the fans. Oh, they appreciate it. Really, I appreciate it. And you want to know why? Because... Because that shit just took us an hour to figure out. freaking hour to figure this nonsense out. Okay, anyway. Being in Colorado is hard. It's really hard. Um, I'm sure everyone can... Well, I don't know. I don't know. Can you hear the rain falling right now? Mm-mm. Okay, so quick weather update. Um, turns out per you... Per usual. Per usual. We're back, baby! <laughs> yeah, welcome back! <laughs> now you get the weather update from two states. From two states. So, um... Two weeks ago, uh, it was snowing. That was fun. Uh, I fell asleep or went to bed when I woke up and it was like snow was everywhere. It had been snowing all night. I just it, beside myself, just excited. Winter Wonderland. At the end of April. I April. Anyhow. So, uh, then today we got one of my coworkers was like, Hey guys, uh, baseball size hail hitting this afternoon around two. And we're like, awesome. Because we like, I have an open parking lot at my work. I do not have covered. It's not like Mm. a, (laughs) so it's just for all. Oh wait. Okay. Continue. Okay. So, um, then I started getting alerts for my weather app, and it was like rain, and then it was like hailstorm, and then thunderstorms, and then tornado watch, and then I got one of those alerts, you know, like the like the amber alerts, mm-hmm. but it was like tornado warning, take shelter immediately, <laughs> and so. Um, Those are always so, like, overly dramatic, too. They, they really are. And honestly, I was like, hey, guys, You're it's like, a tornado warning. We're not warning. to this point yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it was just like, let's move into the hallway. Because, like, what I call where we are normally, it's like the lounge of my office. But I call it the dungeon because I lose service. And we're kind of, like, underground anyway. So, uh, the employee lounge, but it's actually the employee dungeon. There is no service, none. The only reason there's I- water dripping from the <laughs> ceiling, it's not that bad. It's actually, it's really nice. It's, it's comfortable, it's warm. The there's conference a plant, there is two, there are two Ooh. plants. They actually, that's not true. We got the good energy flowing. There's two plants by the couch. And then there's like a bunch of random fake plants everywhere else. We got a plant. We got a couch. I mean, we're living large here. There's a TV. I can watch Hulu on my lunch. It's great. Okay. That is, that is, that's bougie. And if I want to text someone with an iPhone... I'm good because I I can connect to the Wi-Fi. If I want to text anybody else, I cannot. <laughs> I have to We're go. We're talking to you, Samsung users. Yeah, with and no FaceTime. 
So yeah, that was that. That's, um, but we went and sat out in the hallway, um, and I felt like we were in, like middle school again when they made us do like tornado mm-hmm. drills. Put, put your head between your legs. Yeah. Well, like You'll you look okay. outside and it's like pitch black, and then the tornado sirens or the tornado warning went off, and I was like, you know what? Let's just let's just hang out. <laughs> and so, so they have sirens too. Um, I mean. They, I'm sure they do. We oh didn't my hear. gosh! I just found out today that Colorado has tornadoes at all, mm-hmm. and I thought it only happened in flat places. Like this is not Kansas. Like <laughs> I was like, my God, are they just tearing like down the like? Oh, we got a mountain. Got to go around it. Like, what's the deal here? Is there a tornado climbing a mountain? Like, I want to know these things. Sir, there answers. is a Questions that we need answers to. Yeah, or like Jordan is listening right now, and he's just like shaking his head, like face. Oh yeah, palming, he's like, absolutely stupid. just face palming. <laughs> it's like these Jordan, are the dumbest people I know. Tell us the answers to these questions. <laughs> Well, so that happened. So if y'all can hear thunder, um, and Sam's th- under attack. Yeah, well, I mean it's fine now. It's just a thunderstorm, but I can I can hear like the rushing of water, and so if y'all can hear it, that's what that is. But I'm safe. I'm fine. That would be like incredible sound quality if we could hear the rushing. I mean, it's of pretty water. loud. Anywho, let's talk about your birthday. It's my birthday. You guys, I'm 30 now. Yeah, I'm it's actually 30. not your birthday. That was a month we, ago. Yeah, it was a month ago, but it happened, and you guys weren't here for it, so we can celebrate together. And <laughs> we had a rad surprise party. Sam came down for it, surprisingly. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> yes, and Colton and I... Um, we had been lying to you, everyone. Your mom was in on it, your brother. For a long time. Yeah, A long, everyone. long, long, long time. Um, and I started to kind of pick up on it when it was like two weeks until my birthday and still nobody knew what was happening. And I was like, I know this would not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a lot of fun. We had a great weekend. Uh, none of us got food poisoning. Um, but yeah, it was good, and we're excited that you are a part of the Dirty Thirty train. Yeah, you are now in their twenties anymore. Yeah, now you are an official adult, and as Taylor Tomlinson says, you spent your twenties trying to fish out all the shitty things about you, and when you hit your thirties, the the lake has frozen over, and so you are who you're going to be. Locked in, baby. Yep. We are locked and loaded. I will tell you, 30 hits different, and I feel like I don't have any excuse to be a dumb shit anymore, which is People expect things of you now to follow yeah. through. I really enjoyed that about my 20s, being like, you know. I'm sorry. Cha- Chalk it up to I'm in my 20s, man. We're figuring <laughs> things out. Now you're 30 and people are like, no. Yep. You need to know what the fuck is up. Yep. So, um, what speaking else? Speaking of knowing what the fuck is up. Have we, we've done it. 
Eight minutes of bullshit. Did you miss us or did you miss us? (laughs) We've talked about weather. We've talked about birthdays. Yeah. I moved. Y'all, we don't miss a beat. Mm -mm. You know? Like, we deliver the same promised bullshit each and every... (laughs) I was about to say each and every week, but we're back for the first time in a while. Going forward. Going forward each and every week. And we appreciate your love and dedication. And support. And, and support and understanding. Yeah. <laughs> so we're back, bitches, for another episode of The Ginger. The gay. And, and the, the gruesome. gruesome. Why are you did it? You that did it weird. Rough. That was rough. You know what? We just came back from like two months, rough. a month yeah. and a half, something it's like that. Okay. You know, we can't be perfect all the time, people. This is just like showing you that we're all human. We are human. I know it's hard to believe, but we are not perfect. No, we're not. All right, enough with it. The Let's last talk fucking about forty-five minutes of trying to figure out this stupid. Anyway, continue. <laughs> it's all it's all peaked to this moment. <laughs> you got a new gruesome story coming your way, people. Let's talk about true crime. Let's talk about a true crime. So this week we are going to be going all over the U.S. I love road trips. John List is who we're talking about this week. John List. What a great name. For a real piece of shit person. Wasted. Wasted. Are we ready? We're in it? We're in it Mm -hmm. to win it? John List. In May 1989, families all around the U.S. sat down to watch the weekly episode of a TV show that was geared around finding criminals. The show was called America's Got... No, I almost said talent. America's Got Talent. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, it's been a minute. So close. (laughs) America's Most Wanted. After authorities approached the producers of the show, an eight-minute-long segment was aired with an age-rendered clay bust created by Frank Bender. The bust was of a family annihilator who had been on the run for 18 years. The bust was an age sculpture of a man named John List. Now we get What's an age sculpture? You know, like they have a like, you know, like age progression software or whatever, but they make oh, yeah, a bust of okay. him. So Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Like they didn't have a something to go off of so yeah and you'll see here why in a minute okay so john list was born september 17th 1925 in bay city michigan michiganian michigander it's michigander are you serious yeah we have a we have a michigander friend are you sure that's what it's called yeah well that's insane (laughs) (laughs) It's Megan. I'll double check with her. It's like, take a gander. (laughs) Mission gander. Okay, serious now. (laughs) He was raised in a strict German household and was the only child of John Frederick List and Alma Barbara Florence List. His mother was a very overprotective and domineering woman and was a devout member of the Lutheran church. His father, also a devout Lutheran, taught Sunday school. After List graduated from high school in 1943, he enlisted in the army and served as a laboratory tech during World War II. Interesting, no? 
so interesting. <laughs> After he was just discharged in 1946, he went to the University of Michigan, where he was a Michigan Michigander. Who'd have thunk? And after receiving a bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's degree in accounting, he was commissioned a second lieutenant through ROTC. In 1950, as the Korean War escalated, John List was recalled to active duty. He was then stationed at Fort Eustis in Virginia and met a single mom, army widow, Named Helen Morris Taylor. Ooh, Helen! <laughs> we need so, that in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. So, Helen Morris Taylor. John and Helen married on December 1st, 1950. Yeah, they did. And I mean, that's... I mean, I don't know. I couldn't find when her husband died, but he was killed in action. So... Pre-John? Pre-John. Pre-John. Yeah. yeah. Nothing so, shady going nothing on. Nothing shady, yeah. no. Everyone said that they were a really cute couple and they seemed like they were really in love. So that's nice. Yeah, that is nice. But if we're talking about them, it doesn't end nice. It doesn't end nice. It doesn't stay nice. Mm-mm. They were married December 1st, 1951. And the newlyweds, as well as Helen's daughter, Brenda, moved to Northern uh, Northern California. Somewhat near what? my neighbors <laughs> with his accounting background, the army reassigned him to the finance corps. After leaving the army, he worked for an accounting firm in Detroit and then as an audit supervisor at the paper company in Kalamazoo. He went back to being a accountant. A, a Michi- Michigander. Yeah! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and by 1959, the family grew with three more kids. A massive promotion to general supervisor of the company's accounting department and increasingly unstable Helen. Increasingly unstable Helen. Ooh. Yeah. Helen was... Helen had a drinking problem. Oh, no. Yeah. Helen, uh, come on, well, Helen. So, okay. So, in 1960, after his stepdaughter married and moved out, so Brenda got married and she moved away, right? The List family moved to Rochester, New York, where he worked for Xerox. In 1965, List accepted the position of VP at a bank in Jersey City, New Jersey, and moved his wife, three kids, and mother to a 19-room Victorian mansion mansion in Ooh. Westfield, New Jersey, named Breeze Knoll. He's a rich bitch now. He's a rich bitch now. Okay. So that is the gear up to... So, so how old is he when he moves into his I mansion? No. He's still pretty young. He's I still mean, pretty young. Okay. okay, so we're at 1965, and he was born... Okay, maybe he's a little bit older. 40. Okay, so he's 40. Okay, yeah, makes sense, because he fought in World War Two. Mm-hmm. John List was described as an aloof, cold man with few friends. Oof. Mm-hmm. Not cute. One- 
not he is not cute at all <laughs> one of the biggest things neighbors would say about him was that he was always dressed to impress he would even mow the lawn in a suit and when they did interviews with different neighbors every single one of them was like yeah we'd see him from time to time mowing the lawn like but he was always in a suit overcompensating yeah because every image is everything image is everything to him got it the family seemed to be the model of suburban success they lived in a mansion you know 19 room mansion. 19 rooms he was vice president and comptroller of the bank. His family lived in a mansion with marble fireplaces and an elegant ballroom. They attended church each week, and Liz even followed in his father's footsteps and taught Sunday school. He How was nice a truly devout Lutheran. Like, truly? Truly devout Lutheran. Okay. Okay. In his mind... <laughs> He, was he is truly, a truly devout. Yes. Okay, got it. But he needed to have a God-fearing Lutheran forward household, right? Yeah. What people didn't know is that John had a hard time keeping jobs. That's why he went through so many and they moved so often. He kept losing jobs. He was strange and co-workers found him displeasing and odd. <laughs> he had a hard displeasing time. Displeasing and odd? Yeah, oh, again, no. another word I would like not to be described as. Oh, no. Uh, he had a hard time connecting with others and was let go of every job he had. Helen, still mourning the loss of her late husband turned to alcohol and was suffering immense pain due to a mystery illness. So I'm not sure if it's speculated that this is what she had or if they figured out that this is what she had. Her symptoms were and what they kind of figured out is that Helen had syphilis. And when you don't take like syphilis now you know antibiotic or whatever and you're fine syphilis then was a shit show yeah like your brain basically turns to mush and you die your whole body turns to mush yeah so she had like, syphilis you so she turned was... into an ugly bitch mm-hmm. but let's just like totally skirt over the whole fact that She's married to this dude and super depressed about her ex-husband dying. Oh, it's not even just that she's super depressed. No, no, no. She can pay her ex or her late husband was the love of her life. And when he passed away, she was basically like, I will never get over it. But then she found John and she had a daughter and she needed to be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's 1960. That's rough for John, man. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like... Okay, anyway. (laughs) We'll get to that. But Helen, she compared her new husband, John, to the love of her life that was killed in action years before, telling John on multiple occasions that he would never be a real man like her late husband. You will never be truly a man my 
you know, my late husband was really a man. I thought you were saying, like, she compared him to him, like, admired him in the same way. She compared him to him, like, critically. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was highly critical of her husband. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm not blaming the victim in any way, shape or form. I am saying, however, that years and years of dealing with that, apparently she was like very mean. Yeah, <laughs> so, there's you a know, psychological effect. Yeah. So, again, I'm not don't big, be crazy. Well, I'm not blaming her of what happened because obviously there's no, other shit that's going on. And you're still like, responsible for your actions. But but maybe maybe not like don't drive someone crazy. Don't poke the bear. You know, this is where the term came from. (laughs) (laughs) I was on poking the bear. (laughs) What? I mean, crazy. (laughs) Yes. So his life. So at this point, all this stuff is happening. The family while on the outside is this perfect family, happy, whatever. But his life was crumbling around him. By 1971, he lost his bank job, but would still leave every morning like he was going to work. His family had no idea he'd lost his job. None. Would leave for work, quote unquote, every morning. And unknown to his family, he would just head to the train station and chill. He would read or nap, but like... So he ain't even trying. Well, I mean, I guess he was he was trying to figure out, like, how to fix the financial mess that he put the family in, you know? And in an interview after his arrest, he said, I grew up with the idea that you should provide for your family. And to do that, you had to be a success in the job that you had. He grew up thinking... If I don't provide for my family, I'm a failure. And now financially, I mean, he's he's such an awkward, weird guy that he's basically getting fi- and he was a fine worker. He was a perfectly fine worker, but he like ooed everyone out so much that that's why he was losing jobs because he oh, made wow. his other coworkers so uncomfortable. And so because he's not able to, I mean, he's getting late notices and bills are piling up he's not being able to pay for any of them i mean well, maybe it, you shouldn't buy a 19 room mansion then but appearances are everything i mean people do that today people okay. spin out of there you know because they want to look a certain way they want the appearance of you know so All right. All yeah right. his daughter was quote immoral in his eyes and so there was a situation that happened and they ended up at the police station and when his her and a friend of hers and when he picked her up the father of the friend was also there and john was like kind of verbally yelling or, or like scolding his daughter at one point was like you're a witch and a bitch an interesting thing to say to your child, right? Yeah. So there's speculation that she was into witchcraft and for a wholesome Lutheran with strong family values in the 70s. That was, as I mean, you might as well be he killing kittens. this whole stigma on her just with that. Mm-hmm. Oh that she was an immoral gosh. person. 
and that she was a slut. There, I read something um, somewhere that she was a slut, and it was because she had been dating a guy. Like that was it. Oh my gosh! So yeah. This so with the seventies, pro- weren't they supposed to be a little more understanding? Uh, absolutely not. But there was like free love and shit going on. But still, I yeah, mean, it, but that was counterculture. Yeah. This was 60, 50, and she's 60, in 70s. the Lutherans. Yeah. Yeah. Our culture is very different. I don't know even now if the Lutheran church is really down with witchcraft. So. Yeah. Well, that's probably just speculation. Mm-hmm. Unless she's really doing some crazy shit. Mm-mm. Just she's speculation. Not. Just speculation. So with the prospect of foreclosure threatening to expose his financial failures, he devised an unimaginable plan. Ooh. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah, I do. Do you have a guess? No. Okay. So he found an old nine. He's going to burn her at the stake. No. Oh, okay. (laughs) Close, but very far off. (laughs) He found an old nine millimeter nine millimeter why can't i say millimeter he found an old nine tongue the teeth and the lips i can't do it (laughs) i haven't done this in so long he found an old nine millimeter pistol he had bought as a souvenir of world war ii and a 22 caliber caliber target pistol he purchased new ammunition and went on the shooting range for target practice it's not going well so after, Not unusual for our people, though. For I mean, Texans. maybe for a Michigaggle, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I... Uh, okay, yeah. I just, I know where this is going. So, like, yeah, it's not unusual, <laughs> but I know it's not good. Also, when you find out what he does, you're kind of like, did you need target practice? Anyway. That is true. He served... That's not why I'm going to say it. But they probably stay fresh. But just where I'm at in this story right yes. now. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So after dinner one night, he ha- asked his family what they wanted to be done with their bodies after they died. Okay, rad. Super so cool like, dinner talk. Super cool dinner talk. Now, he is a strong Lutheran. His mother, who lives with them, also strong Lutheran. And... I'm assuming, I don't know if it was just like a, a casual, like, let's talk about the afterlife, you know, or how, yeah, like. Yeah, for some people, that's not terribly weird. And I know, like, I mean, you and I have had a lot of. Yeah, we talk about your funeral all the time. It, it's the last party I get to plan, okay? Yeah, and you're so stoked about it. I'm not <laughs> stoked about my funeral. You're I just know it's going to be a hell of a party. planning it, yeah. Yeah. I have so in ways you're similar. He's mm, like, yes. Here's what I want to do. What do you guys want to do? And I think that I I want to say because like I feel like if somebody just randomly who never talks about it and they're just like sitting there eating their peas and they're like, so when you die, like what's up? Yeah, there's that, two very different conversations that could have been had here. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but, and being a religious family, I feel like that is a conversation that you might have, Mm -hmm. you know, how it is, how I am taking it, how I've read, how I've read it and how 
other things that I've heard about it. It just seems like he was like randomly out of the blue, just like a little creepy about it, a little creepy about it. So he asked his family what he want they wanted done to their bodies after they die. And he said, this is a quote. I remember talking about funerals and cremation and burial. I thought I was being real clever. Yeah. Yeah. Real icky. That is icky. So on November 9th, 1971, after sending his children off to school, John took his two handguns out of the car and loaded them, then walked into the kitchen and shot his wife from behind as she was drinking coffee. Quote, I approached all of them from behind so they wouldn't realize till the last minute what I was going to do to them. End quote. What? Okay, well, of course they're not going to know. Like, you're approaching them from behind. He's like, till they know from the last minute. Like, they don't know until they're dead, bitch. Yeah, I... (laughs) I just... His false compassion is really what... That's what it is. It's just a story. Yeah. Like, you don't give a fuck. Mm -mm. He doesn't give two fucks. Probably, like, the more... um, the more probable explanation is probably that he's like a super coward and just can't do it to their face. Yeah. That's probably what it is. But well, he's and like, he doesn't I want anybody want fighting him. To know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like if you have your, hu- it's even if it's your husband. It's not a mercy thing. It's Mm-mm. a coward thing. Yeah. And um, like, I mean, this is never going to happen, but like, if Cheryl came up to me with a gun and I saw her, I wouldn't just be like, well, this is it. You know, like yeah. I would fight a little bit, <laughs> even if I'd I lost. Like, what the fuck, bitch? <laughs> yeah. This wine's pretty good. Got it at Costco. Shout out. Mm-hmm. So n- <laughs> next he went upstairs to where his 84 year old mother was having breakfast, kissed her and then shot her in the head. What a weirdo. Like, so in... He's having a break. I don't... This is... It's too calculated for him to be having a break. I think he just realized that his his lies were coming out, and he didn't want them to. Yeah. Because... So he... In a, an interview, he did say, like, he kissed her, like, on the forehead, like, um, like Judas. And, yeah... Like it was more symbolic. Yes. As opposed to like compassion. Yeah. So then he went downstairs, dragged his wife's body into the ballroom and began scrubbing up the blood so that the children wouldn't realize what was going on when they got back home from school. Yeah, the children don't go in the ballroom. It's fine. I mean, I want a house with a ballroom. Anyway, that's beside (laughs) the point. So he went to the post office to stop the family's mail, then to the bank, where he cashed his mother's savings bond, like her her savings bond. Big, dumb idiot. And then like a true accountant was checking that he got the correct interest down to the last penny. Like what a dick. Oh my gosh. Okay. Super dick move, but also you're a big, dumb idiot. Like, you just shot your mom and then went and cashed her savings bonds. Like, no shit is fucking you. Well, not only that, but then he also called the kids schools and let them know that, like, they were leaving for a while. The kids were still in school. You can't see my face right now, but it's (laughs) astonished. (laughs) 
So then he returned home, made several calls to explain that the family had gone to North Carolina to visit his wife's ailing mother and that he was planning on following them by car later. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it was an exhausting day, Lauren. Okay. It was an exhausting day. He murdered his wife. Yeah. He murdered his mother. Yeah. He had to clean up all that blood. Mm-hmm. He had and to come m- up with all these alibis. He had to go to the bank and get his mom's money. Like it was exhausting. So you know what he did? Took a nap. Close. He made himself a sandwich. Oof. So why his... I do, we, you know, we're in emotion. So while his wife is, like, laying dead, being shot in the head, in the ballroom, and his mother is dead upstairs, he is he hungry. He didn't eat breakfast that morning because he was too busy killing his family. Yeah. Right? It's a rough day. It's a rough day. So he makes himself a sandwich and then sits down at the table where he had just murdered his wife hours before. Yeah, to enjoy the Sammy. Yeah, well, he needs his energy because of what's coming next. It's a lot. So when he was at, or when, when asked why he told the reporter, I was hungry. Then he chuckled and said, that's just the way it was. I missed breakfast that morning. You know. It is what it is. It is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hungry. Doesn't matter what just happened. Mm -mm. (laughs) So his daughter, Patricia, or as friends called her, Patty, called. Wait, is this a different daughter from Brenda? Brenda is his stepdaughter and she has moved. Like she got married and moved out. Got it. So his daughter. His daughter. Is Patty. Yes. Um, so his daughter, Patricia or Patty called from school and said that she felt ill. She asked if if he could come pick her up and what a blessing that was for him because he, what would he do if two of his children, Patricia and John arrived home at the same time? What was he going to do? Yeah, that would be rough. So when his children came home, like he went and picked her up, um, one by one, he killed them. First, his daughter, Patty, he picked her up from school. And once she was in the house, he shot her in the jaw with a 22 caliber caliber pistol. She was 16 years old. Holy shit. I did not see that coming, even with all this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So as he had done with Patty, John Liz shot his youngest, Fred or Frederick, almost immediately after he walked in the home. Like, he walked inside the house, shot him, dead. He was 13 years old. Oh, wow. Lastly was his 15-year-old son named Johnny. Oh, my gosh. Johnny was said to be his favorite. It's who he was, Johnny was named after him. Yeah. But that was, that, like, being his favorite wasn't going to save him. Into his son, he emptied both nine mils and 22. Both, both nine mil and 22. Emptied. So he got, like, the most of it. Mm-hmm. 
He said he didn't want him to suffer, and after he had shot him, he started jerking. John Sr. took this as his son still being alive, and quote, I didn't know whether it was only because he was still jerking that I wanted to make sure that he didn't suffer or that I it was in some sort of way of relieving tension after having completed what I felt like was my assignment for the day, end quote. Assignment for the day. Yeah. He then, what the fuck is the assignment for tomorrow? We're going to get to that. There's. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to that. After he kills all his kids, he then repeats the process of dragging each one into, like, on a sleeping bag, drags them into the ballroom and lines them up. His three children and his wife were now laying in his makeshift morgue. He then put music on in the internal intercom, lowered the thermostat, and cleaned up meticulously. Weird. Or is it smart if you've already murdered all these people? So. I mean, yeah. After he's but done. But they are in your mansion lined up. So after this. He wrote a five-page confession letter to his pastor explaining the reason he had to wipe out his family was to save their souls. This is a quote. At least I'm certain that all have gone to heaven now. If things had gone on, who knows that that would still be the case. Well, thank God for him. I know. This is, this is the fuck. it's all fucked up. But the last line of his letter to his pastor is P.S. Mother is in the hallway in the attic slash third floor. She was too heavy to move. Like, he just left his mom's body there be- it, because he couldn't get her downstairs to the ballroom. Mm-hmm. And how nonchalant. Like, oh, she's up there. Fly. Fly. Before you leave. <laughs> Could you just take a gander upstairs? That'd be great. Oh, wow. And then... That's whenever. So after that, he scoured the house for family photos, tearing his image out of all of them so the police would have nothing to use for the wanted posters. He took his photo, his photo out of all the family photos and all the photos in the house so that they couldn't tell what he looked like and they couldn't do wanted photos or posters. What? So this is what I'm saying. He didn't have a break. He's just a dick. Yeah. He also turned on all the lights. So the music's going. He lowered the thermostat. He cleaned everything out. He turned on all the lights. Okay. He's setting a scene. Yeah. So by early December, uh, neighbors started noticing that the lights had started to like go out one by one. So like the lights have been on. Oh, it's been for a, a month. long time. Yeah. And so like one by one, the lights started going off and like. Because they burn out. Yeah. And so that is that. So now we are fast forwarding to December 7th, 1971, 29 days after the murder. Okay. Okay. So the bodies, that's, they weren't discovered until then. And the only reason they were discovered when they were is because the drama teacher. So Patty was really big into theater. And her director, her theater director, really kind of wanted to help her. Because that's what she wanted to be when she grew up. 
she wanted to be an actress. And so he kind of like helped her on that and was kind of like this confidant for her. So when she like stopped showing up to school, even though they were like, oh, well, the kids are, you know, whatever. He thought that the prolonged absence was really strange and he couldn't shake the feeling that something was terribly wrong. Patty had confided in him that she thought her father was going to kill the whole family. Oh, wow. So she sensed it. Mm-hmm. Um, he had met John List and thought the man was strange and her teacher had convinced. So the directors, I'm not even going to say his name because I can't. We both, we all know. We all know you can't. I can't. So there's a bunch of L's and I's and I, I cannot. So <laughs> the drama teacher had convinced his workshop assistant, Barbara Sheridan, to go with him to the house to like check things out you know mm-hmm. so their presence in the driveway and walking around the house in the, in the dark caused neighbors William and Shirley Kunick, uh, William and Shirley to call the police patrol car officers George and Charles were first to arrive when they entered the home music was still playing on the intercom it's been a month what the heck? And, you know, can you imagine how creepy that shit was? Because, you know, it wasn't like... It's like... It's just... Yeah, it's exactly like that song. It's like swing. But, like, you gotta... I think it was actually classical music. Either way, it was... You know walking into it's that scene creepy was creepy as music fuck. that yeah. nobody wants to hear on the intercom when they walk into a home. <laughs> With dead bodies everywhere. Tell my mom. <laughs> You know, we listened on the drive up, real quick aside. So Lauren's mom is the one who picked me up from the airport. And I stayed over at her house. And then we left that next morning to go out to Broken Bow. And uh, I was scared shitless because every time, like, you'd called me that day. And you were like, oh, my God, I have to tell you about this thing. And I was like, okay, well, I'm about to walk into a meeting so, like, I have two minutes to talk. You told me and hung up. I was at the airport. <laughs> so, I just fucking knew that the stupid intercom lady was going to come on and be like, flight for Dallas-Fort Worth is, you know. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> so, that is so funny. I don't remember why I brought this. Oh, yeah. So, your mom and I listened to Hans Zimmer, like, the majority of the drive. Yeah. Sounds but, about honestly, right. it was kind of like we were heading into battle because it's Hans Zimmer, you know? And so we're like, you're on a mission. We're on a mission. It was great. I think I love classical music. I don't love it. It's great in certain scenarios. Yeah. And walking into a murder house. Not when you're walking into an abandoned home or a murder house. (laughs) It's not one of them. Okay. So a side over back to the story. It's like, um, uh, strangers. That's, That's exactly what I, would, what I thought. Yes. Exactly what I yes, thought. Yes, with the Just, record player. Yeah, yes. and the, the friend who walks in and he's like, the oh, fuck God, is going on? Yeah, he gets his fucking head blown off. Oh yeah, that's what awful. happened. Don't go! When you walk into an abandoned house and there's and creepy then, music playing, you hear that music, you turn, turn around yep. and you run. These are more life lessons from the ginger, the gay. You're welcome. This will go in our book. <laughs> life lessons. Life by the ginger and the gay yeah how to not get murdered it's a how to novel how to not get murdered 
Yeah. Uh, ooh, You're also, welcome. Fun factoid. <laughs> we save I have, lives. We do save lives. Fun factoid. I am now also a ginger. Yeah. I colored She's my hair. She's a fire engine ginger. Yeah. So it's the ginger and the ginger gay. That's what Colton called it. Yeah. No, it's the ginger, the gay ginger. Yeah. That's what he said. The gruesome. So. <laughs> I'm now she, your queen. She's not a natural, okay? I'm she, not. <laughs> I am not. I am Irish, though, so, like, in certain sunlight, yeah, she's you can like kind of see the red. way more Irish than I am. You're non-Irish. You're British. British and Norwegian. And Norwegian. We are the Vikings. We will come slay you. They, okay, we'll come back to that later. <laughs> okay, so... Back on track. They enter the house. Music was still playing on the intercom, but List was gone. At first, they thought something had happened to him. Maybe a kidnapping, something else. But then they found the letter, and then a statewide manhunt was underway. Because then they... Yeah, then they realized... Honestly, I just feel... mm, Yeah, if you... Like, he went through all this trouble to make it seem like... Or to, like, kill his whole family... Don't leave to get letter. away with it. But then at the same time, he like, you know, I don't know. It's just real dumb. It's like on a platter for them to like. He could have just not. Away for life. Like, just don't leave a letter. Yeah. Don't put a, don't set him up. Like, just. We can also write a second volume of our book that's like how to get away with murder. Yes. How to, volume one, how to not get murdered. Volume two, don't be fucking stupid. Here's how to, everyone got caught. Don't make any of these mistakes. Like, don't be, if you're going to murder someone, don't be dumb. We've talked about it before. Yeah. I'll say like, it again. don't murder people, but if you're don't going to people, do it, be better. But if you're better. going to, don't be a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Too better. Too better. Get better idols. Yeah. Get <laughs> better idols. Shout out Bailey. Obviously, I know Bailey's hearing is not listening to this. We are not there. She is. She is not. But she comes to Dallas every now and then because, like, I think her sister lives there. And I'm just like, one of these days, if I meet her, I'm going to be as cool and calm. I'm like, oh, hey, I watch her, you know, whatever. Let's DM her. But in my head, I'm just going to be like, But on the outside, stoic. Oh, hey. I've seen your YouTube show. It's pretty good. I think I know you from somewhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just die internally. Yeah. Okay. Manhunt. So from New York, he traveled and and moved to Denver. Oh, shout out. Look at you. We've had a lot of shout outs this show. Mm Mm-hmm. So he moved to Denver. He then began a new life under the name of Robert P. Clark, working first as a hotel fry cook. Bob Clark. It's really funny because um, in one of the things I was reading about this, uh, it did mention him as Robert Bob Bob P. Clark. Yeah. Yeah. So he started working at a hotel as a fry cook and later on as an accountant for H&R Block. <laughs> Holy shit. Mm-hmm. 
he joined a lo- local Lutheran church, and of course he did. First things first. Yeah, he did. And I just need to say, we are not talking poorly about good Lutherans, about anything like that. Yeah. But he's a shitty person, and he yeah. deserves and to be made fun how of. He, this is how he thinks it's going to make him better. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I don't care what religion you follow. If you're just senselessly murdering people, they don't care. You're a shitty person. So he found a local Lutheran church and in 1985 married another widow whose name was Dolores Clark. He has a type. He does. With whom he married, with whom he moved to Richmond, Virginia. Now, I just feel like if you spent your entire marriage being looked down upon because you weren't enough of a man as your ex or your late wife's late husband, maybe just not find another widow, you know? Yep. It's not like a divorcee where they're like, fuck my ex-husband, blah, blah, yep. blah. He they sucks and you're great. Really liked their they really liked They really liked their late husbands. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's wrong. <laughs> That's just another food for thought. Yeah. If Side you're... Note. <laughs> this is also going in the book. So, after 19 years on the lamb... And just 11 days after the episode of America's Most Wanted, John List was arrested. Do you know why he was arrested? Because neighbors, like we said before, his neighbors in Denver recognized him, called the hotline. 11 days later, they arrested him. Heroes! Mm -hmm. And they arrested him at his, like, with his new wife, Dolores, and Dolores had no clue. And, like, it was just... He could you imagine? So nice. Yeah, could you, like... But could you imagine if, like, you and Colton have been living your life, doing the thing, and then one day, cops swarm your house, and they're like, yo, your husband is now being arrested for murdering his last family. And you're like, he was married before? And murdered his children. Yeah. Like, I mean, you shouldn't murder anyone, but murdering your kids is another level. There is a a special place in hell for yep. people who... I Yeah. Yeah. On April 12th, 1990, John List was convicted in a New Jersey court of five counts of first-degree murder and on May 1st was sentenced to five life terms in prison. Hell yeah, he was. Mm -hmm. Fuck you, dude. You deserve it. Absolutely. Honestly, yeah. So he was... Wait, is there no death penalty in New Jersey? I have no idea. I should have... Probably not. It's the North. I feel like that's a southern thing. Jersey. States where the death penalty is legal, illegal, and death penalty is legal, but moratorium is in place. So, New Jersey is death penalty is illegal. Okay, yeah. So, five life but sentences. This is also. Sense. So, 24 states have a death penalty. So, it's Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Wyoming. Okay. Then you have three states. Makes sense. 
Yeah. So then you have three states that have a moratorium on the death penalty, and that is California, Oregon, and Pennsylvania, two of which I'm not shocked by. And then 23 states have, uh, states and D.C. have abolished the death penalty, which is Alaska, which is hysterical, because I feel like that's where all, like, you know, that's where people go to hide. Anyway, Alaska, Colorado, that's good to know. Uh... (laughs) Connecticut, Delaware, D.C., Hawaii, Illinois, Iowa, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Dakota, Rhode Island, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin. Those are all where it is illegal. So they do not have it. So New Jersey, the death penalty was reinstated in 1982 and then abolished by Governor Carson, Carzin in 2007. So technically, he could have gotten the death penalty in New Jersey. But then it was abolished. It was abolished in 2007. Oh, okay, got it. So I'm just going to bookmark this so happy little page. So he could have got it. Yeah. But he didn't. Correct. Interesting. I feel like if I get anybody the death penalty, it would be somebody who killed their children. Yeah, but think of how much worse his prison life would be knowing that he murdered his children. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, you don't think about that. You're like, you must live with this. Yeah, and he doesn't give two fucks, but I'm pretty sure the people who are around him do care and... Hopefully and they, they made his life horrendous. Yeah. Because um, the prison system does have its own system. That is true. And you fuck with kids and... Law and order. Mm-hmm. Kids and women. Mm-hmm. You don't fuck with them. So on May 1st, he was sentenced to five life terms in prison in what some say was the second most celebrated and publicized mass murder in state history. 18 years, 5 months, and 22 days after the fact. Okay? Now. Okay. This, every, this whole John List murder, family murder, it was, if it were not for the police and the detectives, this would never have been solved. And I know that's kind of like a, an obvious kind of thing, but it was the detectives who kept looking they were the ones who contacted the producers of the show like they pushed everything forward and if it weren't for them instead of just letting it be a cold case they kept the they case kept going on it and they didn't because, just let it go yeah and while he was this weird creepy guy who was living in their town the kids were really really well liked like Patty was really well liked in school and the two boys had a lot of friends. So it's like people were looking for answers. Exactly. And then they also was kind of like this guy who murdered his entire family was just on the run. So people were like scared for two decades of this yeah. man. And so like if he can do that to his own family, wh- who can, what's who to can, stop what him can from he do to somebody who he just runs into on the street? Exactly. And so like really this police department really has gumption. Way to go. Yeah. You guys in 
conclusion of the John List story, John List died from complications of pneumonia at age 82 on March 21st, 2008. In announcing his death, the new the Newark New Jersey Star Ledger referred to him as, quote, Boogeyman of Westfield. His body was not immediately claimed, which I think is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a fuck about him. Yep. And so it was a, a eventually claimed, and then he was buried next to his mother in Michigan. Because she's the only one that could love him. He murdered her. Oh, mother's love. And oh. then, like, left her well, upstairs and good. was like... He could live with the guilt for eternity next to her. There are multiple quotes and, like, during court and all that stuff where he was like... He said the reason for murdering his uh, family was to save their souls and sending them directly to heaven. So in his mind, he was showing mercy or mm-hmm. helping them. He did an interview with Connie Chung in 2002. Who? Connie Chung. She's a reporter. Connie! Oh, List has never expressed any remorse for his crimes. And even during an interview with Connie Chung in 2002... He has said that he believes he will still go to heaven. Okay, so he stands by it, baby. Mm-hmm. He thinks he did a good thing. Well, yeah, he was saving his family's... From hell. ...soul. Yeah. A real quick, interesting situation, in my opinion. So this town of Westfield, they have another really interesting story, which I think we're actually going to cover next week. I think it'll be fun. I'm sure a lot of people have watched on Netflix, The Watcher. And in within that story, so this town has had two separate really weird things happen. The first one was the John List murders. And the second one was this family moved to this house and they started getting these letters from The Watcher. Somebody watching them, watching their house. And super this was creepy. the same town that that happened in? It's the same fucking town. Oh, wow. So what's weird about it, the watcher on Netflix, like they get a lot of the story, obviously, from it. And in the middle of the story, they mention this guy who like comes into the house and not to like give a bunch of stuff away, but he comes into the house and they kind of, Make it into the same story story that they are connected. And then they are in no way connected. These are two separate entities, two separate situations. But within the show, they make it seem like it's connected and it's not. But it's really interesting. That is very interesting. And what's going on in this town? I don't. I mean, it's real. It's a portal to the underworld. I mean, there's only been two things that have happened, but they're two. Hey, you know, that's two, two really, really weird creepy things. Weird things. Yeah. They're like elevated situations. Yeah. So some fun factoids about this. Um, John List is the basis for the um, elusive character of Kaiser Soze in the 1995 film, The Unusual Suspects. Oh. Mm hmm. Jerry Blake, the title K- 
character in the Stepfather movie is also based on John List. Robert Blake played List in the 1993 film Judgment Day, The John List Story. Okay. Mm -hmm. So lots of, you know, movies, film, media. I mean, it's a very interesting story, which is why we're covering it. It is very interesting. The original house is not there anymore. Yeah, tear that shit down. uh, The List home burned to the ground under mysterious circumstances shortly after the murders. Uh, Along with the fire went perhaps the biggest irony of all, the glass ceiling in the empty ballroom was a sign... was a signed Tiffany and Company original. That no alone, way. yeah. The Tiffany and Company, the like Tiffany's chandelier yeah. in the ballroom. Or I'm sorry, the Tiffany's glass he ceiling. He didn't even know about his own. It home. would alone would have likely paid off all of his debts. Wow, big dumb idiot. Mm-hmm. Just a crazy. So take a look at your assets. Before you go going crazy, people. Before you go murder your whole family, make sure that your shit's not worth something. Exactly. (laughs) Just a little food for thought. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps up this week's episode. Hell yeah. (laughs) Such a long pause. The moral of the story is don't be an idiot. Yeah, don't be a dick. (laughs) Don't be a dick and don't be a stupid dick. Don't murder your family. That's the moral of the story. Don't murder your family. The most important thing is family. And you know, here's the thing. I feel like his wife was going to die anyway. Like she was dying of syphilis. Like she was in horrible health. So. But the children. Yeah, it's just. What a douche canoe. Yes. I don't remember how we end these things. You know, you guys, if you are not already, please follow us on Instagram. I know a lot of you don't know this, but we do accept emails. We do. If you have any comments or suggestions or life advice. Please email us, triplegpodcast at hotmail.com. Instagram is at triplegpodcast. Please give us a like and a review and a five star. We're just really happy to be back. And we're just really excited to be doing this again. Life gets in the way sometimes. And we appreciate you guys being here with us through the changes. So... We'll come at you with the recordings weekly from now on and give you some delicious murder stories. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for being here. Bye. Bye. Bye.